0: Welcome to the Champion School podcast, where champions come to play. Are you ready to gain the competitive edge today? Are you ready? What is up, guys? Welcome to Champion School. I'm your host, Austin Byler, and today we have an incredible guest, Kristen Exposito. She is the St. Thomas University head women's softball coach. Um, Incredible career. Uh, just kind of touching in on, on Kristen's career. She hit freaking over 70 home runs in college between uh, junior college, between NAIA. She was the uh, first team in NJCAA, um, also first team All-American, while winning the NJCAA National Player of the Year in 2010, which is unbelievable and obviously not an easy thing to do. In um, that season, she had 38 bombs in one season. Talk about home runs. That's incredible. She knows how to hit. Um, and then she went on as a senior to be named uh, the NAIA Player of the Year in 2018, which is just unbelievable. Kind of how she's done what she's done over her years and not just on the field, but off the field. And now she's got this opportunity to be the head of a program at St. Thomas University down in Southern Florida. An amazing program was out there uh, a couple months ago and just got to see uh, what it was all about. Get to see the field, get to see the the vibe on campus and just her positivity and her, her attitude towards life and the amount of just basically what she wants to do for her athletes is incredible. She's really given back to them and they are very, very lucky to have her as their head coach. So, Kristen, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Austin. It's really a really big pleasure and honor to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So kind of, we'll just kind of get into it. Uh, I want to just kind of ask you, like, where are you from? Uh, Where'd you grow up? Kind of what led you to playing softball in the first place and, and being an athlete?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I am from Miami, Florida, Davy. I grew up here, I was born here, raised here. Um, I guess I came out breathing sports. I love sports since I was a little girl. Um, My dad was a baseball player, um, and I always had my brother to look up to. And funny story is, my dad never wanted me to play softball. He always wanted me to be a ballerina, but, you know, when you have a passion... (laughs) You have a passion. So, yeah, um, I had to beg my dad to let me play. Uh, He just didn't believe in it. He's a very traditional Cuban man. And, you know, little girls just don't get dirty. But obviously, uh, God had a different plan for me, and it was softball. Um, So I started playing when I was about... 7 years old and it was just in my blood to play and I loved playing and any second that I had time to practice with my dad I did and I just blossomed from there really so yeah it's always been a passion of mine
0: yeah no I think it's amazing I mean Growing up playing and being a ballerina, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. But so, hey, uh, God yeah. had a plan for you in your life, and it led you to softball. And, and you obviously had an incredible collegiate career. So kind of explain that whole process. Like, you bounced around to a couple of different schools. You went through some adversity in, in college as far as playing-wise. Like, how was that for you through that recruiting process, through the collegiate process of like the unknown of going to a new school, of going to a new place. You're from Florida. You end up going out out of the country, or sorry, out of the state for ball after your first couple years. So how was that for you, and how was that experience?
1: Um, It's just totally incredible. It was completely unexpected, and just how my whole softball career played out was nothing – how I envisioned it being. I always was that player. It was like D1, do or die. And I felt like I had all the potential to do so. But, um, you know, high school kind of, you you hit life and you kind of take different roads and the twists and turns. And um, well, starting from my junior year, I guess I met somebody who I shouldn't have been with, um, which kind of pulled my attention away from softball but I was still playing um and then it just happened I was at a tournament and I got recruited by a junior college coach and he recruited me off a strikeout funny enough but he just saw that I could swing and it was my last hope to get into college and I took it um so that's kind of how I ended up at Miami-Dade And then through that, I always struggled as a student, to be quite honest with you. I wasn't really good in academics. Um, And it wasn't my priority, to be honest. I just thought I was going to be this wonderful athlete and sports was just going to take me all the way. But at the time, I was dating somebody who didn't have the best intentions for me. Um, So, oh, gosh anyways okay so my fall of my freshman year um it was getting pretty bad he was kind of physically and mentally abusive and I'll never forget it was definitely life-changing um I showed up to a game my face was completely like just black and blue um and I showed up to this game late and my coach looked at me and I'm in tears the whole team's in tears obviously humiliated and being judged and whatnot. But um, it actually was an experience that ended up saving my life because my coach got me back in touch with my family and forced me to go home. But unfortunately, um, I failed a biology class because wasn't really good at science, anywho. Um, so I lost my scholarship. And so when I lost my scholarship that fall, I was devastated. Um, but it helped because it helped me get away from my ex. Um, it brought a lot of healing and a lot of time for me to focus on me. Um, I continued working out. I actually met a trainer who taught me self-defense and he kind of brought self-value and self-worth back into my life along with my mom, who was a saving grace. Um, She really just was my rock the whole time. And then I actually in, I believe the following summer went back to my Miami Dade school because I kind of felt horrible the way things ended. And I went to my coach and the Chattanooga, Tennessee coach was sitting right next to him, and I looked him straight square in the face, and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry. And I didn't think anything would come of it, but a few days later, he called me back, and he offered me a full ride back to go play my last junior my sophomore year. Um, so I had a really great two years back-to-back. And then I was going to transfer to a school in Kansas. It was an NAIA. I didn't really have the grades to play anywhere else. Um, I was an academic liability to a lot of schools. And the day I agreed to go to this Kansas school and Coach Babs was fantastic. It was a Christian uh, university, a beautiful campus and I was all in. And I thought, I was like, yes, let's do it. Here we go, life changing. Um, and the day before my flight, he calls me and he has like the worst news. He's like, I'm sorry, you didn't clear the NAIA eligibility center, so I can't bring you. So that led me to like another spout of depression. Um, and I was like, that's it. softball's done. I'm not good at school. I'm not going to school. So I stopped studying and I ended up becoming a cosmetologist and. Um, which was exciting, but wasn't what I wanted to do. Like I knew I was meant to be an athlete. Like I knew I was supposed to play sports. I knew that somehow like playing softball was my purpose and I just never separated from it. So funny enough, about five years later, he reached out to me on Facebook and he just wanted to touch base and see how my life was going. And we talked and it was great. Um, and he just like, out of nowhere, was like, hey, you still have two years left to play. Would you want to come back? And I was like, absolutely. I think within two weeks, I quit my job. I fixed some of my grades that I had to fix, and I flew out to Indiana completely on a leap of faith. Um, And my family was fully supported. My husband now was like, you'd be dumb not to go, so I went. And I had not played for five years, and I had a really exciting career, because I just felt like I needed to redeem myself, and it was just completely amazing going from this person who hated school to becoming an honor student um, and just being able to put my priorities straight with school, with God, with my family. Um, And it's just... I guess my experiences of going from a really abusive relationship to a healthy relationship was just life-changing and inspiring. And my goal is to reach out to a lot of people who are going through these life experiences, whether if it's with a toxic relationship or toxic lifestyle. I mean, I just want to be there for my girls and vulnerability is huge to me, like just being able to show your, your wounds and your scars, you break down your walls because it just shows like a leap of faith and shows like so much strength that you're willing to show who you are and that you're not perfect. And that's what I really want to do for my girls is build them up and be like, Hey, you're human. I'm here for you. Let's work together to get better.
0: Kristen, I think it's absolutely incredible. And first off, like the amount of courage that you have to come on here, because this isn't easy by any means to ever share a story like yours and we'll get into it even a little more of, and, and i even i didn't even know all of this like i know we talked in person and like immediately yeah. clicked. just your positive energy like freaking uplifted me i was fired up like sitting in your office i'm like i might just sign the scholarship to play softball <laughs> you know like, i'm ready to go but like, yeah just being around you and your attitude and, and then knowing like after just knowing who you are and then learning your story and learning what you've been through and these different trials and tribulations in your life and the different things that have happened to you and um, I think in life everything happens for you not to you and that's kind of how you've taken it and you've been through so many different things there's so much stuff to get into but I just want to thank you for your courage of being able to share something like this with other people because in reality majority of people are struggling with something Whether it's something at home, whether it's something in a relationship, whether it's a drug or alcohol addiction, whether it's um, self-confidence, whether it's anxiety or depression, maybe it's another disease that they're going through that they don't even know about, um, cancer at home. Like, there's so many different things that people are going through, and so for you guys, like, for you listeners, like, Kristen and I have partnered up for... Um, this series and this is the kickoff to it and it's the hashtag redemption series and um, we both were trying to think of a name we're like trying to get all creative, all cool and like I don't really have the best creativity with this stuff and she's like, you know what what keeps coming to my mind is redemption and what redemption means is, is basically the ultimate comeback story not letting your past define you not letting experiences that have happened in your life define who you are rather you take the realm on your life you take control and you take the steering wheel and you go for it and that's what you've done and by not playing for five years and then going back and you hit over you hit 72 home runs. Like, that's not, not like 10 home runs, right? Like, that's 72 home runs. It's almost 20 bombs a year. Like, give me a break. And, and some of those years, you took five years off. Cosmetology, give me, like, come on. So
1: I know. So I random.
0: It's, it's incredible. It's the best story in <laughs> the world. And I think people need to hear this because you're going to speak into somebody's heart today and whenever this is released, whenever they hear it, no matter if it's next week, next year, 20 years, maybe right now, like somebody is gonna take something out of this from you and learn, and that's the best thing you can do is share your story. Um, so let's get into, let's like, just kind of like debrief, because there's a lot to get into. Sure. I think let's start with the relationship aspect. You went to school, you kind of knew you were in a, in, in a relationship that wasn't serving you. Um, what were your emotions going through that, and how did you handle that situation for so many years?
1: Okay, so it's just, it's so crazy when I sit down and think about it because it did happen so long ago and I was kind of digging deep through this. I haven't really spoken about it in a number of years. Um, You just feel trapped in a lot of ways because the relationship never starts off knowing like there's red flags. You start off thinking like, wow, this is a really great person. And okay, maybe there is some some hurt here but you know what I can be the person to love him, and he'll see that and he'll change and he'll be he'll really see that love is real and that no one's out to get him and love no one's out to hurt him and I'm like I know I'm a good person and yeah so this could definitely work I mean he's a really great funny guy and then you know things slowly start to unravel and your first blow up you're like whoa wow, that was shocking. Okay. Not expected, but wow, he must've had something really going on that day. And maybe I wasn't acting the best myself. So you kind of just let it slide. Um, it really wasn't until I graduated my senior year where things were just that my senior year was the worst. I think it got the worst. Um, he was just becoming so controlling and so paranoid. And then I was like, I've always excelled in everything, so how can I not excel in a relationship? And I was, like, willing to, hey, no, I got this. I can fix this. Like, you know, like, you, quote-unquote coachable in a sense. I hate to say it that way, but you're like, I can can change. Like, if this makes you happy, then why not? We can both be happy. Um, So you just kind of lose yourself becoming trying to just make this other person happy, and at the same time, well, if he's happy, I'm happy. And then it just kind of... People don't change. Um, It just became more... I guess once you let go of the control, in a sense, like it just becomes more controlling. Well, you can't wear this because you shouldn't wear that and no one should really look at you. Okay, it's weird, but sure. Oh, you can't do that because then someone's going to see you and flirt with you and then you're like, well, that's weird, but okay. And then you kind of just... I hate to use the word, but it's true. You brainwash because it's very manipulative behavior. You don't even notice that you're losing yourself through all this. I mean, your friends and family do, and they bring it to your attention, but you, you're so lost in everything that you, you're blind to it. I mean, my best friend, like, she was screaming in my face, like, all the time. Like, you got, this is not right, this is not good. And I'm like, it's totally fine. Like, everything, I'm just, it's not that big a deal until it is. Um, unfortunately, our relationship strained because she hated seeing me go through what I was going through. Um, and it just, it turned into little things like that, into more emotional things of your hair. Your hair is, you can't, you shouldn't wear your hair down because it's too pretty or whatever. So you start pulling it back. And the next thing you know, looking back on it, you look like a garbage bag. You're like, what the heck was I doing? Um, and then softball was my my safe haven, where I felt me where I can just like be free, I'm in a uniform, I'm with my girls. I just need to focus on catching this ball or I just need to hit this ball, and like nothing else mattered. Um, so I guess that's how I got through it was like I separated who I was on the field to who I was as a person um, and I guess oh my gosh, I'm getting lost in this. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, you slowly start losing pieces of yourself. And then the only thing that made sense to me was softball. And that's, I'm like, I don't care about anything else, but put me on a field. And I was back to me in a sense. Um, so I guess, believe it or not, the hair that broke the camel's back was that day that I showed up. It was my first, fall college game. I knew I had to be there on time. I knew that the park wasn't the closest. And I was like, you're now you're you're infringing on me playing softball. It's like no way. So it kinda was like I was starting to fight back a little bit. I was in college now. I was like, hold on, like you're getting too intense and that's where when I guess I finally grew a backbone, he noticed he started losing control, which made it worse because that's where it got more violent um because it was just me kind of putting my foot down like no this is not okay so if you can't control someone with your words and your manipulations you try to you turn to physical violence and you're like you're like and that was just kind of the end of the line for me um so we were out at a beach it's called Key Biscayne um And I was like, I didn't want to go that night, first of all, because I knew I had to sleep. Um, And he forced me to go, and I didn't want to go. And he's like, okay, well, we'll leave at a certain time. I was like, fine. So go figure. The time came and went, and we weren't gone. And I was like, hey, I got to go. So that was not working, and there was a very heated argument, and um, he punched me in my face. (laughs) Oh,
0: gosh.
1: Anyways. So I laughed, and I asked, I begged his friends to take me home.
0: You really are. You really okay. are. Like, this is powerful, and like, I'm doing everything I can to like, pull back my tears, but this is, like, this is real. You know? All okay. right. Yeah. You should be okay. so proud of yourself. <laughs> you really should.
1: So anyways, I was begging his friends to take me home, like to my real home, because I wasn't living at home at the time. My parents had kicked me out. I hadn't talked to them in a long time. So, I mean, and then that that was played a part of it because I was already out of home and I was like, how can I go home? My parents hate me. Everybody hates me. I'm stupid. and Maybe I do deserve this. Um, so I was like, in a sense, punishing myself. <laughs> so anyways, um, long story short, nobody took me home. They came back like, he's cooled down. He's going to take you. He said he's going to take you home. I'm like, I know he's not. So... Um, I get in the car, we start driving, and then there's this bridge, and he just started wailing on me. So I actually tried to jump out of a car so I could just end it. But God had other plans, because obviously that didn't work. Um, So basically he spent, all I could do was put my hands up, but from Key Biscayne all the way to Amelia Earhart Park which is Hylia um, and any locals will know where that is pretty much um it's kind of just laying into me and punching me and kind of pushing my head against the dashboard and window <sighs> so anyways I get to his house and I'm crying obviously um and I asked his dad to just pull him away from me, and I just wanted to go home, and no one would call the cops. So I ended up sleeping it off, and then I wake up the next day. I can't really see. Um, I'm late to my game, and so I show up. Obviously, people know, and my coach looked at me, and I sat that whole game. I was so embarrassed. So I just sat there, and people walking it was just so embarrassing honestly um talk about a humbling experience so after the game my coach calls me off to the side and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like you need to go home and he's like not to his home to your parents home and he called my parents to let them know that I was on my way home um so anyways, I get home and I go straight to my room. I'm pissed. I didn't want them to see me. I was so embarrassed. Like, I was so embarrassed. You don't understand. It's so humiliating because you know it's wrong from start to finish. But like, once you're in it, you're in it. And I think that's the hardest thing. People judge it from the outside. Like, oh, how could you let that happen? It's like, oh, I didn't really let it happen. It just happened. So um, that was kind of a saving grace because from then on, it's funny because I think a few days prior I had prayed and I was like, God, just save me. I'm like, either save me or I'm just done. Um, then that all happened, and my mom showed up and she took all my stuff. And before, I guess you can say I was in the home stretch, um, I was already trying to, after that, pull myself away. Um, but it was just getting better and worse all at once because he started like calling my phone and I was just like leave me alone um and he showed up at my practices I'm like he just didn't get it um it was just really scary because you just didn't know where he was going to pop up I was working at Starbucks and I have a 5 a.m shift and he just pop up out of nowhere I'm like we're not even opened yet and you're here so like it was just terrifying to like Mm -hmm. think of any spot and poof he was there um there's a lot of times where he tried to disconnect the cables in my car um, to see if I would start it, and who knows what would happen. Um, so I, I, told him I couldn't, I couldn't. I was like, just please, just stop. Um, so he started leaving me like really threatening voice messages, and I thought I could do it on my own and handle this. I'm like, I can do a breakup. Who can't break up with a person? Come on. Um, and I really tried to break up, but so he started like just calling my phone and leaving me voicemails and threatening, like, you should, you need to come back. And I was like, no. Um, so the, the final, final voice message that he ever left and had me finally reach out to my parents to tell them what was going on is when he threatened to kill. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Um, He threatened to kill my mom and my dad. He was like, I know where they work, and I will cut them, and I will bring them back to you. So I finally, like, I called the cops, and they wrote, like, a whole entire thing. I can get a restraining order. And then it just so happened that that night, he came to my window, and he started tapping on the glass with a knife. And since I had already reported it to the cops, my neighbor is a cop, and she, she came over Um, She came over and like totally took him down. Uh, It was pretty cool. (laughs) Um, So I kind (laughs) of, I kind of watched from my window and I just saw her just kicking his ass. (laughs) Sorry, excuse my language. No, let it
0: rip, let it rip.
1: (laughs) So then um, we called the cops and they showed up and they arrested him. And um, the next day I went was going to go with my mom to go put a official restraining order because now I had, he had aggravated stalking and all kinds of other things. Um, so that kind of led to the process of going to go do that. But when I went to turn my car on, it was being weird. And I started to pull out the driveway. He had unscrewed the, the bottom oil from my car and had like tried to pull out some plugs. So thank God we didn't get very far. Um, I had to put another police report so it was kind of good that I wasn't in school so I could handle all this um, yeah so I had to go through the whole court process of putting in a restraining order and testifying and after that I uh, hadn't seen him ever again thank god I didn't realize behind the scenes my mom had been going to court for me um, yeah so yeah
0: <laughs> that's just Like the amount of, uh, you mentioned in the beginning the vulnerability piece, and, and vulnerability there's strength, and you have literally overcome like some of the worst situations you could ever go through. Nobody ever would wish that upon anybody else, but you were meant to go through this. As crazy as it sounds, as weird as, like unbelievable as it sounds, like you were meant to handle this because you could handle it. Like God had a massive purpose for you to share this with other ladies and that's why you're in the position you are today as a head coach for 20 to 30 to 40 women out there every single year year in and year out who some of them may be going through the same sort of situation maybe some of them are experiencing something worse or, or something um, similar or maybe something else that's that can relate to this but you were meant to go through this and it's unbelievable how you've persevered like to just like it's cool to meet somebody on the phone or on twitter or on instagram and like exchange a few messages, but when you, like, are with somebody in person, you feel the energy. Like, we even talked about, like, how do we get you motivational speaking and, like, get you out into different um, places to share this and, like, the fact that you have the vulnerability to hop on here with me and to share this to other people, to help people, to serve others, to equip them through this situation. Like, I can't even begin to think about the emotions you were going through. I mean... From like wanting to jump out of your car to getting punched in the face by somebody who's totally not worthy. Like the fact that you've overcome this and you've found your identity, you've found your self-worth, you knew what you deserved and you've gotten through this and persevered is outright incredible. And there's millions of people out there who've probably gone through something similar or who have experienced something like this in their life that it's into their life. Or maybe they did jump out of the car or they went to the bridge and jumped off or they ended it for some reason, or or something happened, but God had a way bigger purpose for you, a way bigger purpose, and I'm honored to even know you, like, and to be in contact with you and, like, (laughs) be able to pick your brain on some things that you do because I'm learning from you. Like, this is incredible what you've done, Um, and it it brings me, because I wasn't in, like, it wasn't very abusive, but it was not the right situation of my relationship in college going into my sophomore year. I got engaged, and it was basically that either you engage me or we break up. And like, I had no self-worth, I had no dignity. And my family knew it wasn't the right thing for me, but it was the same thing. I I'd, I'd said yes, and I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I went to Walmart, got a $200 ring, which is just not a good idea for any lady. probably like, you are an idiot, but um, did it. And like, I remember vividly driving in the car and her just like wailing on me. And I couldn't do anything about it. Like wailing on me and then throwing the ring on the ground and kicking it and like kicking me and trying to jump out of the car and like just going crazy. and and I can't do anything like you feel like you literally are trapped and you can't do anything so for you like and for the people listening because there's somebody out there is sitting there and like in full tears somebody out there is like oh my gosh this is happening to me right now like or maybe this happened in my life and I still don't know how to overcome this how did you find your self-worth and identity through all of these experiences that you've handled in your life
1: oh goodness um so much I really found myself when I I told you when I told you when I said like God please save me and I swear he answered that prayer I just started going back to church and like kind of dipping back into my faith and I was always brought up Catholic but I found more of my identity in in living my truth through Christianity but it's kind of crazy because through it all I just I knew that if I just had faith and held on, it would be okay. And when I asked God to save me, and He did, like, it was hurtful, but such a relief to know that He's so there. Doesn't matter how far you walk away. <laughs> um, Amen. Amen. So, yeah, I really just just kept praying, and I was like looking and it's funny because i always repeat it to myself like seek and you shall find seek and you shall find and when i went to uh indiana wesleyan university i was oh it's kind of crazy because it's like even though i had a background and i knew what faith was i knew what god was i still didn't have like understanding of what a true relationship was um with god um did my prayers and this and that but it just wasn't connecting or transforming enough and I really wanted that and I was like crazy when I went to Indiana Wesleyan University which is a private Christian school um I learned so much and really understood what having a relationship with Jesus was and really understanding what like forgiving myself was like I couldn't I had to let go of the guilt and then, like, realizing, like, even though um, I've gone through what I've gone through, like, God still loves me. And he sees me as a whole piece, a work of art. Like, uh, I compare it to, like, a stained glass window. It's broken, but it's, like, the most beautiful thing when you look at it because of all the different colors and pieces that get put back together. Um, so I really just picked myself up by Every time I have a bad thought, replacing it with five positive, good thoughts and like five more things that I'm grateful for and realizing that I can either let someone have the power to control how I feel for the rest of my life of taking, robbing me of joy, or I can say like, yep, that happened and yep, it sucked, but that is not who I am. That is not my identity. That's not who God says I am. I am worthy. I am valuable. I am beautiful. And I have so much more to offer and so much more to teach that I can take these experiences as bad as they were and turn them for good. Just like God never wants us to go through what we go through and he never wants us to hurt the way we hurt. But in some way, he's like, if you allow me, I can work through this. I can turn this bad, ugly thing into something beautiful. And I truly believe in that. I truly feel that. I know that there's a struggle for a purpose and it's like... Um, I went to heard a, a sermon and the pastor was like, God gives us a testimony for a reason. He gives us these challenges. It's like his strongest warriors. And I'm like, yep. So analogies help me. I swear. Analogies are what get me through. I'm like, okay, diamonds are made under pressure and it hurts, but you got to get through it. You're going to grow. You're going to get tougher. You're going to have more grit to you. Um, it's the same thing. Like To grow a tree it has to break through the dirt and it has to get to the sunlight but it has to go through the growing pains and like pushing past the soil so it's i mean a bird before it flies it has to fall so like i take all those analogies and i was like okay girl you hit rock bottom but we're gonna explode and when we grow we're gonna take other people with us and that's what i want i was like all my experiences i want to turn them for good and be like i would never judge you i will never think anything less than you because I know what I've been through but I'm here to help you like I want to reach my hand down and bring other people up because there's a purpose and there's a for everything um so yeah I'm as much as I hate to say I'm grateful for what I went through because it makes me able to relate and it makes me able to empathize and reach others and understand that nobody is perfect And I don't expect anyone to be perfect. And I don't expect anyone to ever carry their burden by themselves. And I'm like, I want to be that person who is here to help the way my mom was here to help me. Um, So, yeah, I really love reading. Reading has been a saving grace for me. I look into books that feed into a positive mentality and feed into a positive mindset. And I just want to do that. And I want to help other people grow mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, like that's what I, my purpose.
0: Yeah. You've got such a big purpose and such a big heart for loving people and for serving other people and equipping other people with tools that they can use. And just like the stained glass window analogy for me, analogies click. I think they, I think they just paint a picture. They, they paint a story for us. help us see things in a clearer picture rather than hey I get you're talking to me but I don't know what's going on you know like that's cool all this stuff sounds great but how do I apply that well the stained glass window is amazing you might be in shattered pieces but you can be beautiful you can still put something incredible together and i've never even heard that i'm going to start using that but i <laughs> think about it more because hey when things may seem like they like the glass breaks and the jars everywhere like why not pick the pieces up and put them back together to make something more beautiful and and more outstanding than was before and that's what you've done is you were at the the bottom's of bottoms like getting ready to jump out of a car and ending it like literally one yeah. one handle away like maybe the handle was locked maybe it didn't work maybe for some reason like you just stayed in you know god yeah kept you there and I love how you acknowledge your faith because that's the higher power like some people say it's the universe some people say it's God some people say it's just law of attraction but it's it's really the Lord up there moving the pieces for us and he wouldn't put us through anything that we couldn't handle and that's why you said hey he gives it to the greatest warriors well you're an absolute warrior and, and you are an amazing role model for women. And I think the world needs more powerful women that are willing to step up and share their stories and share their testimonies. Because odds are in today's society, a lot of women are going through this. There's men going through issues too, like we can't ignore like ignore that. But women have it really tough between the social media comparison, between the in-person comparisons, between the filters on life, between the masks that we wear, between the stories that we tell ourselves, between the lack of dignity and lack of self-worth and lack of self-confidence and whatever else it may be. You guys have it really hard in today's society, I, I believe, and for you to be able to stand up and to share a testimony, to share a story that can help so many people take so much courage and so much strength that you should, like, I'm forever endowed to you, like, I will do whatever you need. Like, you don't have to do that twice, right? Like, I'll fly out of Florida right now and give you a hug. Like, I'm dead. I love it. But like, I'm just so honored to to have known you now and like get to know you over the years and continue to push each other because we both love speaking. We both love helping people. We both love doing this stuff and there's a lot of great things we can do together. And this is an amazing first step sharing a story. That's like very touching. Like I'm over here holding back tears behind the screen. Like yeah, <laughs> I mean, you probably look like, like I'm just bawling my eyes out, but it's true. Like it's just so touching and so amazing. And I'm just, I'm, I'm honored. Like I really am honored. So um when you went through all this stuff you're yeah. still trying to play softball, like still trying to achieve your goals and your dreams, like on the field. This goes to mm-hmm. show that a lot of athletes even are handling stuff off the field and then they get on the field and they <laughs> sometimes this stuff carries over. So what is yeah. like a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's going through a situation similar to yours or going through maybe a lack of self doubt or, or sorry, lack of self worth or lack of self-confidence or um, just they don't know who they are yet and it could be whether they're 18 it could be whether they're 85 right like I think at all times in our life we might go through this stuff thoughts pop up what kind of advice would you give to somebody going through a situation like that
1: my biggest advice that I could give and it's so silly is open up like we try to be this perfect athlete and I know I was I mean, life was chaotic but all I cared about was my performance on the field, helping my team succeed and really what did my coach think of me I'm like this? I I saw my value in being a good athlete and getting that good job from my coach, you know? And I thought like, Well, if he sees me anything less than an athlete, well what if what what will, how will his thoughts change about me? Um, but I never would have thought that he would have been my biggest saving grace. So I would tell my athletes, like, open up, reach out to your coaches. Cause I promise you, they probably love you just as much as a parent would. Um, and sometimes even more, cause sometimes you don't even know, like if the parent life, how family life is not good, but you have this coach and all you care about is what they think of you, not realizing that they love you so much more than you th- even know. Um, so really just be vocal, um, open up. It's not anything to be ashamed of. It's not anything to be embarrassed of. Don't let your pride keep you from getting help or seeking help. Um, talk to somebody. Absolutely. Just open up. I wish I would have sooner.
0: Yeah. I love that you you mentioned just talking to somebody, like share it with someone who knows, maybe they can help you. Maybe that coach can help you that you're worried about. Maybe uh, somebody on campus can, you know, like, yeah, finding somebody that you can trust and turn to and it's not always our family i think that's the last place we turn really like you Mm -hmm. said you didn't even want to go home like for me i wouldn't even talk to my family like i'd rather seek somebody else than my own fam and going through that there's a lot of emotions right you've got that pride as athletes we're almost told that we're alpha males and females and we're supposed to be bigger than everyone like we're supposed to act harder we're, we're more talented we're more worthy like we have it made because we're playing collegiate sports or we're playing professionally or we're playing at a high level in high school or whatever it is wherever you're playing the ego creeps in but we're real people too athletes and coaches are real people too there's nothing wrong with opening up I think like we wow. mentioned in the beginning like vulnerability there's so much strength right you feel yourself you feel your way to success and going through these situations when you open up and when you reach out to somebody wow. you never know what they might be experiencing too maybe you help them maybe something happens where you guys are helping each other and you Uh, find that strength you find that inner uh, self-worth and maybe something uh, that they say an analogy or just a word triggers in your uh, mind and helps you get through that situation and for anybody out there who's dealing with anything uh, in their life parent coach athlete uh, mom dad like uh, grandma like anybody uh, out there who's dealing with something challenging like trust mm -hmm. me it's gonna get better at some point in some point you are gonna get better uh, whether it's now or than five years but keeping faith in yourself, I think the first step is trusting who you are. And commit to yourself first, because at the end of the day, yeah. who do you say you are? Right, when you lay your head down at the pillow, it's just you usually, unless you're married, but mm-hmm. it's usually just you. When you're in the bathroom by yourself, when you're at the plate by yourself, on the mound by yourself, like, who do you say you are? That's the biggest thing is finding your identity. And when you find your identity, yeah. then you understand, hey, like you said, your self-worth, it started to come back and you started to realize, hey, I deserve more than this. Like, I don't deserve this type of life. So what like, what kind of advice, or not advice, sorry, what do you want to leave your athletes with that come through St. Thomas? Because now you're in a position of, quote-unquote, power. You've got a voice. You're the head coach. You have an opportunity, I'd rather say that than power, to impact these athletes firsthand. And you're with them all day long, five to six days a week for an entire yeah. year. So there's a lot of time there. And I'm sure some of them have been going through some things. And as women, we definitely, like... There's gotta be some things going on in that college scene. You you know how it is with the distractions. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine. We won't get into that. I'm obviously, protecting yeah. <laughs> um, but like, what is your? What do you want to leave them with when they leave your program?
1: I I want my girls to leave confident. I want them leaving with a sense of self worth and belief and standing firm on their own two feet, being secure in who they are. I mean life hits you so hard in college. I get it. And I know a lot of my girls right now are going through some really, really tough life experiences. But the struggle serves a purpose. And you never know, it may not be a purpose for you, but how it'll help serve others in the future. But I want my girls to leave knowing that there's so much value to them there's so much goodness to them and they just need to believe it i just want my girls to leave believing in who they are and confident women
0: yeah confident that's i'm still touched (laughs) i'm still touched (laughs) i I gonna have a long pause at a coffee shop or something go sit by myself in my car for an hour you got me wrong like this is better than any book or or podcast i could ever listen to or read (laughs) I'm so amazed still. I'm just trying to digest it, but I think...
1: I'm so grateful that I got to be on here and had the courage to tell all this and meet you. Really, I am.
0: Oh, It's amazing how God works. Like, Why am I in Florida meeting you, a softball coach, who I haven't even really worked with any softball teams and had no intention of going to a softball program, but somehow get to meet you through a job while going out there for baseball? to meet you and go on campus, and then you take me around to meet other people, and it's like, what the (laughs) heck, this is crazy, like how's this happening? Now I'll be back there a lot, thankfully, so I'll be able to spend more time with you and, and hopefully some of your athletes one day and just be around and see how you interact with them, and I get to learn from good people, and you can learn from anybody in this world and that's that's a fact whether they're doing something right or wrong you need to learn either how you want to do something or how you don't want to do something and you're leaving feeling freaking confident and you're pumping out women who are who are warriors who are who are able to handle these challenges in their life and you're helping them get through it so that should make you extremely proud and and self-worth wise like really feel good about yourself because for me i see it on the outside i'm like wow this is amazing like this is incredible the opportunity you have so before i ask the last question where can people find you or saint thomas on social media or just in general
1: you can find us on facebook instagram twitter um, you can reach out to me um, you can email me at k exposito it's k-e-x-p-o-s-i-t-o at stu.edu um, I'd be more than happy to help anyone in any capacity that I can um, even if it's just to I don't know express yourself or you need something like I am 100% available to anyone um, yeah I mean those were everywhere <laughs> yeah. all the typical social medias perfect yeah, and it's just that... stu softball yeah
0: Perfect. I'll put that all in the sub notes too, so people can go find you and, and reach out to her. I'm serious. If you have anything going on or if you just want to talk and pick her brain on how did you, like, how are you so resilient through these times or you just have a question about how do I get to a college or how do I handle myself in high school, like, whatever it is that you're going through, reach out, please, because she's a great resource for you uh, and a great mentor for you, and she wants to help and wants to serve, which is incredible. So, Kristen, last question, and it's kind of deep, mm-hmm. but, hey, this has been deep, it's and okay. I love this. As far as the hashtag Redemption Series, baby, we're going hard. Like people are, Go for it. Now so what is the impact that you want to have on the world, on the athletes that you coach throughout the next who knows how long you do this, um, just for the rest of your life? Like What's the impact that you want to have on the world?
1: Oh, my goodness. The impact I want to have on the rest of the world. Man. I just want to leave people feeling good I just anyone that I ever meet I want them to feel valued and leave joyful if I could ever if I had to think about when I'm gone I just want people to think like if they ever met me that they had a sense of joy in our conversation and that they felt heard and valued and loved like my number one purpose is to make people feel loved and happy that's all I want and I mean that truly
0: that's incredible that's incredible. Love is the soul of the world. Love makes the world go around. I'm, I'm fully convinced in that, and and there's a lot of love being shared, and this is gonna get some more love. How are we reaching? This is unbelievable. So, Kristen, I'm like incredibly proud of you. I think your vulnerability is second to none. I think your story is absolutely amazing, and I'm gonna listen to this a thousand times because I need to hear it again and again and again <laughs> because it's <this laughs> helped me just get through time in the future. Hey, I might go through some times and now I'm going to think of you, of how you overcame adversity, how you overcame some struggles, how you overcame um, the feeling of being down in the dumps and in the very worst situation you could possibly be in and still find yourself and still smile and still love and still give to other people and and present um, to them tools that they can use for the rest of their life. So I mean it. Please, people, reach out to her. She's incredible. She's an absolutely amazing woman. If you're in the Florida area, Stop by the school, go check out a practice, hang out, say hi, Um, as long as that's allowed, as long as you can get on campus. Absolutely,
1: come on by. I'll be there. I practically live there, it's my second home. (laughs) Just come on
0: over. (laughs) Come on over, we'll go to First Watch again. Yes, absolutely, Um, yes. But yes, this was absolutely amazing, and thank you for having the courage to do something like this because I know this couldn't have been easy. I know there had been a lot of emotions going into it but this is going to help somebody today this is going to change somebody's life and maybe alter the direction that they're currently going in and you're going to do that with millions and millions and millions of more people in this world so I just want to thank you
1: I want to thank you too Austin I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to speak and letting me give my testimony like it means the world to me and I'm grateful to have met you as well like thank you